Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on The Bigger Picture. And today we've got Ho Wei Fook, CIO for DBS Bank, to help us navigate what's to come for the rest of the year. Good morning, Wei Fook. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Awesome. So let's talk about your forecast for the rest of the year. And interestingly enough, you've got a report titled King, Queen and Castle. So what's the thinking here? Why do you name your report as it is for the third quarter? So we've been uh, advocating uh, to clients uh, that uh, you need to uh, build a portfolio that is resilient and uh, to kind of uh, have different uh, asset classes, uh, different investment themes uh, expressed within the portfolio. So uh, not unlike the game of chess where different chess pieces like the king, the castle, the queen would have distinct roles. So in the in the portfolio construction process, we would also have, for example, bonds as income generating assets. Mm. It has a role uh, in the portfolio. We have uh, uh, tech, uh, technology or growth stock uh, as uh, as a as a capital gains uh, driver for returns. As also uh, you know a part of the construct of the portfolio. So that's how we came out with this uh, title, The King, Queen and Castle. Yeah, of course, the king, the queen and the castle all have different ways of moving around the board. So in that sense, your portfolio can take on different ways as well of um, approaching the markets. And one area you're looking at right now is the US tech rally. We've seen actually this play out in the past few months. We saw a rally. The Nasdaq was up 30% in the first half of this year. What do you think was really driving the our performance and is it enough to, to continue for the rest of the year? Yeah, so, you know, we, we like to buy good quality companies that ride secular trend, trends. In other words, uh, long-term growth, irreversible growth trends. Uh, and one of uh, the biggest trend out there is, you know, the trend of the world becoming a digital economy. And that is accelerating, especially with the uh, new wave of innovation called AI, mm. artificial intelligence. Technology companies, the uh, hardware uh, manufacturers, uh, IC design makers, semiconductor companies, they are you know, the beneficiaries of this uh, new wave uh, of AI innovation uh, because they provide chips that really power uh, innovation. So really the brains of, of, uh, of this innovation. And then, of course, then we've got the device makers, you know, and then later on the uh, software and uh, service providers. Mm. Not unlike what we had seen with the smartphone, right? The smartphone yeah. came about in 2010 and really what powered it was semiconductors followed by device makers, right? So, like your iPhone and your iPad. And then later on, you've got the software and services like, you know, the Zoom, you know, the e-commerce platforms and all of that. So I think the whole uh, cycle will play out with the AI as well as the ecosystem grows. Yeah, wait for this. I mean, some criticism that the rally has been dead by some tech, big tech names. And the question now is, are you seeing this broaden out to more stocks in the sense that this is a wider market rally? Yeah, it has been a very narrow market, I must say. Uh, the first six months, uh, tech was up 40%. Uh, the rest of the market didn't do that much, actually. Uh, 
The reason for that is because, you know, the fundamentals, the earnings growth, the visibility of future earnings growth is very, very strong uh, in the case of big tech. Uh, we continue to think that that will, be, that will continue to play out too, uh, you know, with this, of course, AI innovation uh, come in, coming into play. Now, would it broaden to the other markets? I would say uh, uh, yes, because, you know, once these uh, technology sector becomes kind of fully valued, there will be some uh, movement of, uh, you know, capital. Rotation? The rotation, yeah. That's a better word for it, yeah. Uh, rotation into the, the lagging sectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, if the economy is not in a, you know, hard landing scenario, which is not our base case. Yeah. All right, you've got an interesting buzzword that you've flagged in your report, greedflation. I think we've all felt it to some degree Companies marking up their prices, passing on those higher costs of making stuff, labor costs as well. How long do you expect this to continue? Because at some point, a consumer is going to resist these price hikes. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for now, because the consumer uh, has been pretty resilient and they are able to kind of absorb uh, price hike across, you know, all the goods and services, uh, there will, of course, be a point in time when, you know, we will reach uh, a point of equilibrium. We think, if you look at CPI in the U.S., for example, we, we do see that uh, topping out. In fact, uh, we have hit a high of 9%, currently more in the region of 4 We think it would stabilize at, at these kind of uh, levels or even uh, slightly lower. Inflation would, uh, would not uh, really its ugly head again like what we saw last year. Okay. Another area you're looking at, talking about momentum, is Japan. Japanese stocks have surged their highest levels in nearly 30 years. So the question is, how much higher can it go? So, yeah, you've got to be a little bit careful with Japan. Uh, why it has surged uh, is because of the weak yen, you know, primarily because of that. Now, if you look at Japan in dollar terms, it has actually traded in a broad range for the last 25 years. It's really the weak yen that kind of propel uh, the stock market in yen terms. The way we approach Japan, no doubt, is very, very cheap because it's underperformed. The way we want to kind of approach Japan is really to look at uh, specific, you know, uh, opportunities. So we like certain themes like automation, uh, technology, semiconductors, uh, and healthcare. So we have some exposure into these uh, sectors. In addition to, of course, our US and, and other parts of the mm. world kind of uh, exposures, yeah. All right. Well, in conversation with Ho Wei Fook, he's the CIO for DBS Bank. Another market that we can't ignore is China. And this is a market that, to some extent, has disappointed expectations because going into the year, we were watching out for the reopening story. To some extent, that has disappointed. How do you approach China right now in the middle of the year? Yeah, so at the start of the year, we were uh, bullish. Uh, we were constructive of the as, uh, of the market because we thought the reopening would provide strong tailwinds. And uh, January was a very strong month for China equities. But unfortunately, you know, uh, uh, we have given up all the gains uh, in the subsequent five months. Now, how do we see China today? We remained uh, overweighted in China for a simple reason, because it's really undervalued. And really, China is a too big a market to ignore. So if you look at population, of course, we all know China has a huge population. Is that a positive factor? Not necessarily. But the fact is that, that there is a huge uh, a percentage of that in middle class. 
and middle class will propel uh, domestic consumption. So it's a strong structural tailwind for China. And then if you look at the market capitalization of uh, mm-hmm. the stock market there, it's only about 3% of the global market compared to US uh, 60%. Even though the the size of the Chinese economy is uh, not too much different or smaller mm. than that of the US. So it's difficult to ignore uh, you know, a market such, uh, such as this. And therefore, we, we stay overweighted. Are we going to add more exposure? Probably not until we see catalysts. And of course, catalysts could come in, in various forms. For example, if the government were to introduce a huge fiscal uh, stimulus package to revise the economy, or if there could be some elements of de-escalation of the U.S., China tensions. Yeah, what do you make of the headwinds that we're seeing across China right now? You've got you no know, rate cuts along the way, but the question is, will people want to borrow? So there is a question about consumer confidence, and then you have the property sector not really recovered yet. And you brought up a point about U.S.-China tensions. Uh, not too long ago, we've seen China step up with restrictions on technology being exported to U.S. So this will continue. So it doesn't seem like we might turn around anytime soon. Yeah, but, you know, uh, there is a price for everything, right? So mm. I, a lot of these bad news is reflected already in mm. the uh, prices of uh, financial assets uh, in China, So, which explains why, you know, for example, the stock market trades at a price-to-book ratio of 1.2 times compared to the U.S., which is 4.2 times. Uh, so I would say lots of the slowdown in the economy is reflected in the price, uh, we think that there is, uh, you know, some degree of what we call margin of safety because of low valuation. Cheap can stay cheap, of course, in the financial markets. But <laughs> uh, we do see uh, potentially some catalysts. I think the government uh, uh, is aware that they need to revive the economy. Yep, hopefully all the bad news has been priced in. Now let's wrap things up with the other part of the equation, we talk about equities. So for investors looking to diversify into other areas, what should they be looking at right now? So we like uh, the asset class of bonds, uh, especially investment-grade uh, bonds in the three to four-year kind of maturity. Now, I'm aware a lot of customers are holding on to time deposits because they pay you a reasonable uh, yield. Uh, the problem with uh, deposits is in the long term, they do not uh, kind of protect uh, capital in terms of purchasing power. Uh, in other words, they kind of lose out to inflation. So cash deposits have this risk, we call it reinvestment risk, which means that uh, uh, each time uh, you, know, you, you kind of roll over your or time deposits, uh, you would likely, you know, uh, roll it over with a lower rate. Mm. Lower interest rate yeah. So so over time, I think uh, you, you kind of lose out and your returns will be inferior of that of uh, bonds. Now, today bonds, uh, you know, you could uh, capture in the region of 5 to 6%. And uh, we think that is a, a, a sweet spot uh, for customers to, to be exposed to uh, instead of just uh, time deposits. And you mentioned bonds is in emerging markets. So bonds, uh, you, you want to take exposure to you know, a variety of names uh, across both developed markets and emerging markets. All right, bonds to diversify across a three to five year duration and look at China for long-term fundamentals and possibly catalysts to help support share prices. We're chatting with Ho Wei Fook. He's the CIO for DBS Bank. Wei Fook, thanks for your time. 
Thank you very much. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.